Hi guys, welcome back. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast, but with everything going on, we just needed a break and yeah, so we're back. Actually, we're just lazy and just didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did the lazy thing. It's been a while. It, it has been a while. So it, it's kind of nice to get back on the mic and and uh, continue our conversation. Yeah. So this week's episode, we're going to be doing or just talking about who we are as people and as a family because we've had things go on in the last couple of weeks and I feel like people don't really know who we are, so they can't really speak on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, get, I think it gives good context as to some of the direction of our conversations and also allows us to um, be a little more uh, intimate and, and upfront yeah. about things. So, yeah, I mean, where do you want to start, Dad? Well, uh, I, I mean, I guess I, I'll start kind of with with me. Okay. You know, um, uh, I guess I don't have to say my name. I mean, I am who I am. They know. Yeah. So I guess grew up uh, as a young kid in, in Champaign-Urbana, mostly in uh, low-income areas of, of those communities. Um, there are moments in time where we faced mo- most everything that every other Black family would, would face, and that is, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, uh, I got a light bill due today, so I may not be able to pay my water bill until whatever. And so you're you're battling not getting paid enough because of various things, whether it's, you don't, parents didn't have the kind of jobs that would pay that much, but doggone, are they the hardest workers that you ever had? And, you know, you you as a young kid, not knowing what to expect. Mm -hmm. The one thing I did know is that when I went home, my mom was going to love me. My dad's going to be there, you know, and, and um, my brothers are going to support me, all of those things. So we weren't rich, we weren't wealthy, um, and we I would I would say that we were more toward the poor end, but we were very rich, very wealthy in love and and um, just support. As I grew up, um, uh, came across various people, learned various things, both bad and good. Uh, my decision to not do bad things was merely based off of my family makeup. I had uncles uh, that had gone to prison, um, uncles and aunts that were uh, on drugs, uh, all of those different things. And, and I could see the detriment or the destruction that that caused, not just to them, but to their immediate family and then the family outside of that. And that wasn't something that I wanted to be a part of. And so my main goal was to do better. Right. Uh, my main, my mom's main focus for us was for us to do better than she, but more, more importantly, to do better than what our name had represented for so many years before we were even born. And then so many years after we were born. So we needed to change the, the tone of our name, change who the name was and I set out to do that from the time that I was able to let folks know who I was on an individual level to the time uh, 
through high school where I think many people got a chance to know me through sport and just get to know me on a personal level. Uh, and, and, and still today, even when I'm not in my hometown, trying to connect with people on a more um, in-depth level so that you get past just the high and get past and get to why people truly need to know who people are. And that is on more of a, um, a human level. And we, we all face our adversities. Um, you could either live and, and dwell in that adversity and get mad, or you can change, change the verbiage, change the, the, the environment, change yeah. things for you. Now, uh, our last conversation about being black in America, pretty much, and the, the riots and different things like that, you know, everybody knows, everybody should know that as a black male, you're limited. You don't have all of the resources that um, white men do. You don't have the second chances that white men do. And so I didn't want to give up my first chance. You know, I didn't want to sacrifice right. my first chance because I did. I realized early that I didn't have a second chance. Yeah. And so, but if I can communicate with people on a different level, get them to know who I was and what kind of person I represented and how hard my, my parents worked and, and how, how uh, good natured my brothers are, we start changing that narrative. And hopefully that narrative got out so that I could get a half a chance, you know, yeah. a chance and a half, you know, not two chances. So if, if, um, if I got pulled over for whatever dumb things that, you know, teenagers get pulled over for, maybe I look at getting a warning this time, which I look at as a half a chance. Yeah. I mean, write me a warning ticket, whatever. It doesn't matter, but give yeah. me a warning instead of, you know, trying to throw the book at me for some, something minor right? or let alone jack me up. Right. So, um, I, I grew up, I, you know, I was eighties baby, pretty much. I uh, had a couple seventies. I was born in the seventies. Yeah. But, but do you remember the seventies? No, <laughs> no, not at all. So an eighties guy, um, came through with, with just about everybody who did whatever they did. And, yeah. you know, I was very conscious. I was a conscious person. I, I, I was in the moment and I, I, did whatever I did because I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I did not let anybody dictate what I wanted to do or didn't want to do. And uh, sometimes folks got mad at me and sometimes people didn't call me back. Sometimes my friends got, you know, silly, but none of that mattered to me because again, who I was, was dictated by me, who I represented. Uh, I had to show up every day for. Mm. So I didn't want to, I don't want to take up this whole uh, podcast talking about who I am. I've, I've done a lot of things, uh, both in my professional life and in my personal life. Um, and, and I think that could be individual podcast in itself. Yeah, I've done a lot of things that uh, many people either know or don't know. And and uh, maybe they find interesting and maybe we could talk about those in another podcast. But um, that that's kind of how I move forward into adulthood and start having kids. 
my idea of who I am allowed me to come up with how I wanted to raise you guys. Yeah. So I think that's a great segue into who you are. I am a middle child of three who are, I'd say, like, fairly successful for children. Like, Cameron's going to be graduating soon. From college. From college. Um, I'm running track at a D1 university. In, and my little brother is the star of the family, <laughs> to, to say the least. I mean, he's probably, not to hype his head up, the best athlete out of all of us and, like, has the most talent just all around. That's just who he is. But for me, I am a 19-year-old mixed child who is going to a D1 university to run track. And, yeah. I mean, I've not really grown up with struggles, per se. You know what I mean? Like, just because of the life that I've been given with, like, from you guys, from mom and dad. Um I think it is different, though, because growing up as a mixed child, you're never seen as a mixed child. You're always seen as, like, in the public eye, you're always seen as, or, like, to white people, you're always seen as a black child. But to black people, you're not necessarily seen as a black child. You're seen as a white skin or, like, a mixed child, you know? like So I have more privileges than the, the normal, like... I think that's I mean? probably assumed. Uh, that you have more. I think. Yeah, I definitely don't think that, like, in in the like uh, political setting or like um, two police officers or two two other people, I don't have more privileges. I'm still just another black person. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, because black comes in all shades. Yeah, um, for sure. I like, think my best friend's legit black. Her both her parents are black, but we're the same skin tone. Mm-hmm. So it's like it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. No. And and I, I I'll say this, and maybe um, maybe folks will probably not agree with me mm-hmm. or get upset about me saying this, but I'll say it in the the most um, uh, the easiest way that I can say it, which is just coming out and say it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are mixed. No. That doesn't matter. What that matters to you and maybe your family. What matters is what people see you as. And they see you because of the melanin in your skin is darker as a black person. You are black. And so I hate to burst people bubble, but I always use the example of um, if you live in a glass house, and somebody's driving past your house like many people do in rich neighborhoods if they can get in there just dreaming about one day being able to afford that home. If you drive by that house, um, you're going to, and you see a darker complected person in that house. If you identify that person, you're going to say, man, that, that black guy has a nice home. It's a really cool home. Yeah. You're not going to say uh, that mixed guy or that uh, biracial bi- person biracial person, or anything like that, you're going to go straight to that. And so 
It's not what you consider yourself as, although that is important. You shape who you are. But when the world sees you, it's about what they see you as. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think my hardest thing growing up was, like, who I identify as. Because, you know, on um, the ACTs and filling out job applications and getting your passport and all the stuff, you have to say what race you are. And, like, I'm two races, but I'm seen as one. So, like, I don't know. I I've, I know a person whose um, parents want him to classify himself as biracial instead of just being black. And um, I tried to explain that no matter what, he will always be seen as being black just because they don't care that you're biracial. They don't care that your parents, one of your parents is a white person or an Asian person or, you know, whatever, like they just see you as the color of your skin. So I think, I think for me, like the hardest part for me was to, to identify as who I am just because, you know, as a young age, you don't really know who you are. You just, you want to be friends and you want to be everybody. You don't want to be, oh, well, you're black. So you're held back from certain things. Yeah. And I think, I think it's an injustice really to, to try to tell a mixed kid that they're not, that, that they're biracial and that's what you explain to people Yeah. Um, because it doesn't, again, you can say whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I don't mean it to uh, downplay anybody's uh, training of their kid or uh, parenting of their kid. I only say it because the soon, as soon as you can identify with what the world says that you are, yeah. Um, you can then start combating some of the evils of that. Yeah, you can you, definitely protect yourself. You can protect yourself. And and I'm not I'm not saying that we should live up to what the world says we should live up to. I'm just saying that when you're in a conversation with someone and they call you black, but you try to explain that you're biracial, you just gotta know that folks don't care about that. Yeah. If if that's a stranger on the street and they say, man, look at that black guy, and you hear him, you're not going to yell back, no, I'm mixed, no, I'm biracial. <laughs> you're not going to yell back yeah. at that, right? Because there's a, the truth is you are black. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is that you're white. Mm -hmm. But the overall truth is that you don't get to dictate what somebody else is thinking. No. Right? You, no. Don't, get to, you don't get to dictate in America what folks say. Right. You know? So... Uh, what they say in their truth is their truth. And more oftentimes than not, especially when people don't know you, their truth is that you're black. <laughs> so, yeah, so I am. That's just who I am, really. Um, I don't know what else to say about myself. Besides the fact that I actually want to bring this up because it was I find it funny. But I mean, it's obviously not funny. I went out with some of my coworkers. Uh, a couple weeks back and just like really just get together it wasn't anything big like whatever and all my well my coworkers, she's white and her roommate is white and her roommate's friends are white like their friends are white and so I'm the only black person with them and we go out and we go to this like frat house like one of their friends is lives there and whatever and I, we walk in and nobody acknowledges me. They all like say hi to, they all say hi to um, 
like the girls and they don't they don't really like acknowledge me but they don't they're not like she can't be here kind of thing <laughs> and the dog is acting crazy so <laughs> if you hear his little thing rattling or him chewing on his bone that's what that is um and they don't say anything but it's fine so then my boyfriend at the time comes with two of his friends or three of his friends and one of the kids happens to be mixed also like my boyfriend's mixed and his friend has to be, happens to be mixed also and so they get there and everything goes south like they're all like no disrespect you guys have to leave like you're not allowed to be here it's invite only like all this other stuff and so we're like okay whatever like it's not a big deal if it's invite only it's invite only but like they didn't have a problem when I wasn't invited but my friends like brought me so we're leaving and we're at the bottom of the stairs trying to discuss like they live on the beach, so it's elevated to get to their first floor. So we're, we're, like, at the bottom of the stairs, like, in their driveway area, trying to figure out what we're planning on doing. Like, we don't really know. We're not sure. And one of the guys is, like, get the F off my property. Like, you don't – you're not allowed to be here. Like, all, like just, just off the chain, like, just being so rude. And we're, like, we're not sure what your problem is, but, like, we're just having a conversation and – I don't, I don't appreciate you being rude. And my boyfriend and his friend are like, so are you racist? Like, I'm confused if it's you, like, trying to be racist because we're black when I'll be here or you just don't want us to be here because we weren't invited. But if we weren't invited, it'd be okay if we stood here and discussed why, where we're going to go next and how we're going to get there. Like, it's okay if that's the case. Like, And then they just went on and on and on about, like, they don't care, like, screaming at us, saying all this racist stuff, like, whatever. And so my white friends come out because they're like collecting everybody and they come out and they're like, I'm disappointed in you. We're no longer friends with you guys. Like, can't believe you. This other girl. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. She said, she was like, I hope that your house like blows up, like kicks his car and was like, how does it feel to like hurt something that you care about? Like we care about them. So how does it feel? Like, how do you feel about your car being whatever? And then we like left. And I guess the guy texted my friend the next day and was like, we're so sorry about, like, I'm so sorry about how they acted. Like, it wasn't supposed to be like that. She's like, I never want to hear from you again. Like, I'm disappointed that you're acting like, like this, especially with everything going on. Like, I, I'd expect better from you. And, and, like, if you invite me, you should expect that I invite my other friends. And so, like, just, like, just the story, basically, whatever. Like, they don't want us to be... Like, mixed people would be seen as black, but they treat us. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a prime example of you not being able to dictate your cup. How people think of you. Right. I mean, it it is that. You know, again, and I I don't know if if I have to repeat myself, but you as an individual get to decide who you want to be. I'm not saying that. But you can't then be upset. If who you decide to be and what the world sees you as don't match up right. or that individual person screaming at you want to kick you out of a party because of the color that he doesn't like, exactly. you know, because that's what he perceives you as. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, are you going to yell up to him and say, hey, man, I'm half white. Can I be at your party? Yeah. You know that like, like that. Doesn't so matter. can my white side be, yeah, at, can your my white side like, be at your party? It, it's, and, and I'm sure I've got a, a friend of mine that's white who. I hung out with a lot of uh, black folks. He was in the military and he tells a story about him 
being the only white only white guy that hung out with all these black dudes who were his roommates pretty much in the military. Yeah. And theoretically, the military is one of those places where it isn't a color. You know, you are who you are based off the military and you fight for one another. Mm-hmm. You're brothers. We all know that that's not the the truth. So help me God. But it is a, a theoretical truth. And in this case, it was a truth for him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was telling me about his experiences where he'd go to a bar <clears throat> and he would be the only white guy. And these black dudes would be like, no, he's with us, man. Yeah. Oh, no, he can't come in. No, no, you don't understand, bro. He with, He's with us, so he's coming in. And we coming in, he's coming in. Yeah. And so that that's the kind of thing. So I think you got folks that will do it on either end, both not let folks in because of their color, whether black, you got a black party not letting the white guy in or a white party not letting the, the black guy in. Mm-hmm. So you got it on either end. And, and that just tells you that couple of things we we do have a divide on many different levels but the divide in my mind is based off an inherent mistrust it's a mistrust mm-hmm. and um folks can call it whatever they wanted i mean you don't trust them for whatever reason yeah but it's an inherent mistrust so i just i think it's we have to understand that when you decide to do those things in today's environment, there's a wrath to pay. Yeah. You see, you see whether it's on TikTok or the news or whatever else, you see these folks losing their jobs for acting this this malice and very um hurtful way to people just because of who they are. You know, that 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 should be that way. You should have people doing that. And if you if you don't then that society is, is broken. That society is broken. Yeah, it's it's so. <laughs> it's bad. It really is. And I also hate the fact that we want the world to change, but we won't allow it. We won't accept like we won't accept the fact that people have changed. You know what I mean? Like. It stresses me out that somebody who once was a quote-unquote racist person or uneducated or whatever you want to say about it is not allowed to change within a weeks, years, months. They're still considered that same racist person or uneducated or whatever you want to call them. And no one is allowed to defend the fact that they changed without them being called like race racial slurs also just because of people's lack of I don't really know the word like lack of you know what I mean though yeah. like they're not they're they're getting so upset because they have so much I feel like it's like they have so much hate in their heart that they won't give people the opportunity to change I that, you know I, I really, can see that my my thought is Everybody wants to have this very uh, in-depth, very emotional, very rational, and and all these things bundled up in one thing conversation. But they don't. They lack the maturity to have that conversation, yeah. and they lack they lacked the direction and the acceptance of change 
in order to have that conversation. Yeah. You and I, when we went on our walk, we talked about how change is such an easy thing to say. It's such an easy yeah. thing to communicate and, and articulate to someone. But it's so complex when you get to trying to do it because change is so emotionally driven. It's all about you, the individual that needs to change, right. and the demons that you have in yourself to try to combat that change. It's a war within yourself. Yeah. If you've grown up a certain way, if you're addicted to something, if you if you feel some way about something, it's an absolute war within yourself to try to change that. I yeah. know I'm wrong. Yeah. I know that I shouldn't do it. Right. I know that it's hard for me to not do it. And so before I move to change, I'm going to make every single excuse possible. So in, in, in a race setting, it's going to be, well, uh, all I know is that black people hurt folks. All I know is that black people are lazy. All I know is that this and that. And that's been told to these folks, these people that are probably genuinely good people yeah. since the time that they were born. That's what they know. And so when you come to someone who lives in a predominantly white community, I don't care if you got one black person or three black people and, a and lot four of times, Asians and all that. The black people who live in predominantly white communities are adopted by white people. Well, so let's let's finish that thought before that because I I have a thing okay. about that, <laughs> um, and and I know people are not going to agree with me, but I think it it would open itself up to conversation, and I've had this that conversation with many people, but. Let let pause okay. that for a little okay. bit because I think that that'll that'll draw some things. Um, but I, I really do think that when you fight those demons within yourself to try to change, and you slowly break that down, it's that person that identify those demons or help you identify those demons, like a person that comes in your life and say, "Man, you're racist," and explain to you why you're racist. It's up to that person that says that whether it's on social media or not, to give that person the opportunity to change. Yeah. You can't accuse people and try to rehabilitate that that demon without giving them a chance to rehabilitate that demon. Yeah. You know, that's like ca casting a stone if you've not sinned. Yeah. You know, these people out here that are doing hateful things to people who may have said bad things or done bad things in the past that now all of a sudden get brought up they're hateful in themselves and they don't want people to change they want this chaos to be yeah. be chaos instead of love to be love mm -hmm. listen i messed up in my life i said things in my life that i shouldn't have said you know to to many different people mm -hmm. and if i'm big enough if i'm if i build the courage in in me to go to that person and say look i'm sorry I've harmed you. I swear to you, I will never do that again and actively try to not do that every yeah. day of my life and promote those who are better. Yeah. And then that's that's all I can do as a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get a step closer to a bright light when I do that. And these guys genuinely want to hurt people. All they do is push themselves down and to argue a fact, to argue a fact that people can't change. Is the epitome of disruption. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is it is it is one of those things that could harm no matter what. And I don't know how people jump on that bandwagon. I don't either. And it really bothers me when you don't know the person personally. Does does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I said that right. But like, for example, if I saw a video of a girl online saying whatever she was saying, doing whatever she was doing, but that video resurfaced from five years ago. I don't know who, first of all, I don't know who she is in the beginning. Never met her, never spoke to her, nothing. But I don't know who she is today. I don't know how she acts today. I don't know what she talks about today because I don't know her. So I feel like I I could not speak on the topic if I don't know the person. You could you could ask questions. Yeah, but, but you, you have to ask her those questions. Correct, and you can't make false statements exactly. or assumed statements. Exactly. So... For me, my my biggest difficulty with, like, even with the Kevin Hart thing from years ago, you know how he got in, got into it online about whatever, yeah. saying whatever he had to say. Homophobic. Yeah. yeah. From, from a tweet that he tweeted years and years and years prior ruined his chances for upcoming success because of people didn't know who he was to like that in that moment. I think social media does nothing but create cowards. It stops people from having those sensitive conversations. It stops people from doing what's right because they can ha- hide in the shadows. And, and all these folks who may have thought that they didn't have a voice in middle school or high school or college, now they have a voice, but they hide behind that. They don't really want to have a conversation. With right. Them. They just want to be able to show you that. I can spread who you are in a negative way throughout the world and all these yahoos that live in that environment and thrive in that that bad environment they'll just attack you. So I get my revenge in the end, buddy. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's bad. And it, it I don't know. I've never been a big on social media. I post every now and again like whatever. Like I I definitely look at it, but I'm never really big on like making statements on it, making mm-hmm. like comments. I just don't. Um, but it, I, it's really, it shows that who the person is deep down inside when they post what they post on social media Well, and what they say, what they say on social media, because it's like, they're too scared to openly be that person outside of social media. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they can't be that bully in person because either they are getting bullied, they don't have a good, like, there's something wrong in their home life, like, something personally is affecting them, so they feel like they should take that out on somebody else behind the computer screen, behind the phone screen, behind the, you know what I mean? And they're comfortable. And they're comfortable comfortable doing that. Because they can't be uncomfortable because nobody can see them. Well, they don't connect what's out there on the internet to something that is real. Right. Right? Like, I think they disassociate that from folks. They and if you if you read some of the comments when they call folks names and they 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 talk about some of the things, it's what everybody else say. Mm-hmm. It's what everybody else talk about. It's not nothing very. Um, they, they can't articulate anything for themselves, you know. And so I, I have a hard time with those people because those people are just there to stir a pot of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 I want to. So I had, a, you know, an experience with one of the the a kid here in this town's mom who thought that she was uh, just better than everybody. 
and you know she's a white lady black guy um i don't know her really i know the mom of uh the girl who her son was dating and she i just i come up and i say hi and all this stuff and she looks like whatever don't say anything to me and and so here's this crowd of people talking to her and i said okay if you're going to be like that you're not going to be a part of this conversation so even when her son comes up to talk to her i stole his attention from her you don't get the chance to talk to your son because you're rude and you're a nasty person and i i gave all my attention i i don't care what question i asked him i was asking him all kind of crazy questions but i asked him questions and he was answering and then they finally left now you can do it but you're not going to you're not going to be the center of attention being nasty to people yeah. because you think you should. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what these people on on social media want to yeah. be, the center of attention. You don't call someone out without getting a full story. And I get it. I get it. There are things on social media where folks right now are saying bad things and then they, they want to be a doctor. Yeah. And you I know, agree. They should know, be called out. They should and they be should... called out. And they shouldn't be those people. Exactly. You know, but if if someone is actively trying to do better, it's your job as a person, as a good person. You know, the people that you say you want to be or the person that you say you want to be to actively help them continue to be a good person. Yeah. You know, we all have faults, yet you're the only one that could do better. Right. That's not how we're created. Your, your your inner circle are the only people who can change and do better. That that bothers me. It well, bothers me because they they aren't man enough or woman enough or whatever you want to say to stand up to the people that they care about most, but they can stand up to people online that well, they don't even know. Do you know what I mean? I do know. And and here here's one of the things that I would say that if you as a person that are doing that, or you know a friend that have done that, mm-hmm. um, if you can't forgive somebody for that and you see their progress of getting better, I will watch that person as being my friend. Right. Because you don't know how they're going to treat you if they get upset with you over something small. I mean, friendship, you got to be better than that, right? Uh, and it's all about the connection of people. We, You should genuinely want what's best for people. And I think that in that really is what the highlight and the shift of Black Lives Matter should be. And I think it's going to that. Look, we want equality. We want to be equal. We want to be seen as equal. Yeah. You know, and and it was interesting. I, I was watching something uh, and I won't call any names, uh, but I was watching something. And the guy says, you know, we, t- we celebrate the fourth the fourth of July. And it's a black guy saying this. We celebrate the 4th of July. America celebrates the 4th of July. but the re- And that's, what, that's when America was free from Britain, right? But as black people, we really, sh- that's not our freedom day. Yeah. The 4th of July, we weren't free, 1776. Well, my ancestors weren't free. Right. You know, and so uh, that's an interesting thing there. Yeah. That... We black folks jump on this bandwagon, and I I get it, man. Uh, people say, "Why are you holding me responsible for something that white people did back then?" 
I, I get that argument, yeah. right? I get it. But it's not that we're holding you responsible. It's not that at all. It's about holding America responsible yeah. for it, right? Because yeah. if if anybody here knows anything about it, Ulysses S. Grant, I'm a fan of that dude. Um, uh, the fact that the whole reconstruction and, and knowing things about his life, if we would have just followed that pattern, if, if folks during that, that time would have followed that pattern of what he was trying to do instead of let people in the South do what they wanted to do, um, we would have had a better America today for sure. Yeah. And, and we don't have these issues, but that is why we have issues, right? Because folks didn't have the courage to do the right thing. And the black lives matter movement, the, the, the fact that you have black people, Asian people, white people, Hispanics, all in the street together, people are choosing to do the right thing now. Yeah. People are choosing to have the courage to do the right thing. And those folks who are flying those Confederate flags, those folks that are doing that stuff, they're they're doing the things that they wanted to do back when Ulysses S. Grant was president. Right. They they are those people. Yeah. And so I don't understand why why they couldn't accept and still can't accept the fact you got people uh, in the northern states identifying with the Confederate flag, right? That flag has no meaning to in the North at all. Yeah. Because they lost. And so you got people born <laughs> born in the North, families from the North, from Kansas, from all these, got a Confederate flag in there, and they talking about it means, you know, you can't it's push heritage. me around. It's their heritage. They have no heritage that even is even connected to that. And even then, that's a that's a made up flag yeah. that's only carried out. By racist people. Yeah. That wasn't the real Civil War flag. It's a yeah. rebel flag that really just hurt people. So I'm just, you know, you have a hard time thinking about that uh, and, and trying to have an articulate conversation with someone who um, has their mind made up, mind made up, who who's a loser. Right. Because they side with a losing cause. Yeah. You know, this one uh, guy who studied, studied, um, the Civil War and all yeah. that stuff, start throwing these numbers out. And he says, you know, you had 2.4 million soldiers in the North, 750,000 soldiers in the South. They had an industrial age going on in the North, so the equipment was better. And in the South, it was all agricultural, you know, built off the backs of slaves. Even the North was built off the backs of slaves. But the North has kind of gotten away from it and moved into an industrial age. And he says, to all those people who... Uh, one to have the Confederate flag flying and all that. First of all, they were traitors. Secondly, how does it feel to know that you never had a chance to win the war? Right. You, you just never because had. Because even with the slaves, the slaves would choose and side with the North. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be out there picking cotton and letting them shoot over my head. Right. I'm, I'm running, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then if they come to me and say, hey, Tracy, I got a gun for you and I'm going to let you free if you help me win the war. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Yes, sir. I will help you win the war. And, and I got so much pent up aggression because I'm nothing more to these people that you if you give me a gun, I I, I give my life. up. I'm, I'm talking about taking out 50 of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it. 
you add more, another million, two or three million people to yeah. that two or two point four million anyway. I think uh, I sent you that TikTok today about yeah. the little girl, and so it's a little white girl, and she's like in this class setting, like a Zoom class, and they're like talking about. I wonder if we can put that up. Yeah, I'll put it on my Instagram. Yeah. I'll post that. That's that's cool. So she's like basically talking about like black lives and whatever. And she goes, she goes, people who post about black lives matter but still say the N-word and stuff to, to hurt black people um, need to stop, basically. And we need to hold them accountable and make them stop. And then she said, me and my mom always talk about how hurt people hurt people. Like, that needs to be the slogan for Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, no matter what color you are, no matter where you come from, it's a known fact that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So, like, the bullies online, the black people who are bullying white people for their past or the vice versa or anything, you know what I mean? Like, Hurt people are going to hurt people. Even if you're not hurt directly, you feel affected by whatever you see on social media or whatever you have going on in your personal life. You take that anger out on somebody else just to hurt them. Well, and, and that gets to all these folks who don't agree with Black Lives Matter or whatever. They're saying... White privilege that, isn't real. Right. Or what they don't realize is that when you uh, hurt people into a small space, it, it's a known fact that they hurt each other. Yeah. You know, they don't know how to get out. You don't give them any tools to get out, blah, blah, blah. They hurt each other. You got people like uh, Candace Owens, you know, who uh, deliberately tries to make you feel like she wants to understand, but throw out smart remarks and try to challenge those people who are really trying to represent the black space uh, and, and articulate the pain you know, I don't know why uh, she chooses to do that. Uh, I don't know why she chooses to be uh, a spokesperson for that, that really tries to disrupt things rather than help. I mean, she's got a platform of people that she could challenge to, right? And say, listen, if I bring people to the table, if I can get uh, folks here and we can work together to change, and, and change the narrative so that everybody can be a part of a capitalistic society. Nobody's looking at people on the basis of race. No, da, 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 da. then that's more helpful than to say, you know what? The, the problem with the black folks is that they ain't got no fathers in the home and they, they, they are Democrats and they've been told a lie forever and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So whatever, maybe you've been told a lie forever. You're, you're, you're Republican, Republican, and you, you've been told a lie forever or somebody shifted your thought and have you see something that's not really there. Your experience is your experience. Don't speak for the whole and don't get up into these uh, spaces trying to disrupt instead of help. You have a platform as a black woman. If you want to see change in the black community, put your money where your mouth is. Put put your your, your body where your mouth is instead of just saying all these things. I mean, I've seen multiple things on this lady who's a very attractive lady, very articulate lady, and seems to have a pool with some of these um, very conservative people. My question is, why won't you allow yourself to do better by helping folks? You ain't got to help 
a million of them now, but help one at a time. Show them how they can do better. Because the history of black folks right after the Civil War was great. And then they went back to being oppressed. And if you don't, uh, maybe she doesn't believe in Jim Crow. Maybe she doesn't believe in the pictures and the stories of the people that lived in the South that could only uh, drink a white or colored um, colored drinking fountains and toilets and, and different things like that. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe that's all trumped up to her. But the reality of it is, if you got a following, if you got a space that you can speak to, why don't you speak to that space and get the other space together so that we can make a better a better yeah. day out of it instead of fighting for something that nobody's going to believe in you on because the masses don't think that you understand who you are because you're you're a dark face she's a black face performer is what they believe in you know this black lady who's truly black the black community look at her as a black face performer yeah and so make it better make the world better you know and, and your rhetoric doesn't do any justice for anybody it do, it just doesn't She's got some points. I get it. She does have some points. But my reality is you're you're arguing those points in a very aggressive way, but you feel like you're being picked on and you're not moving any of this forward. You're not taking Jenny and Joe and and Laquan. You're not taking them and say, let let me show you how to make it better. Yeah. You know, let me show you this. Ain't doing that. I just feel like, so basically, who we are (laughs) is we, as a family, we've grown up to be, to fight for what is right, not for what is right now. That's right. So like, what's cool right now is not what we're going to fight for. We're going to fight for no matter what in the end is the right thing, no matter how many people are on the bandwagon, no matter how many people hate you for it, no matter what. So like... I'm going to tell, like, say how I feel about any topic, and I have the right to because it's my opinion, yeah. no matter who hates me. But I know that I'm going to fight for what's right. I know that if a video comes up of somebody saying the N-word in a song and they're white and it resurfaced after two to four years, they should not be getting their college taken away from them and whatever, if you don't personally know them and they're not the same person. Well, the the, the real qu- question is, if that word is so hurtful, if it's so hurtful, and I've seen and, and read and been a part of discussions about this, I don't use that word. Nope. I don't. Um, I have listened to music with that word in it. I've seen movies with that word in it. I get it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's but so casual when they say Very it. casual. And so my question to all those performers, whether you're, you're movies, music, whatever, on stage, if you are, are making money off your songs, you're not just making money off your songs bought and played by black people only. You're not. You're not. You're not making money off the royalties of a movie bought and played by black people only. So in this world, if I buy something, you have given up the rights to that specific something. It's mine. I own it. So 
if you don't want people to use that word, if you don't want people to uh, make that word so not or say that word so nonchalant and it be a part of who they are, then you need to stop selling them stuff that gives them the right to use it. Yeah. Because when you when you when they come to your concert and you sing the song that oh, you have, oh my goodness! And, and they bought the right to say that. But it's not even that. But like they come to your concert, most people at concerts drinking, yeah, doing whatever they've done before like, they got there. You know what I mean? And not even just that. But if you pause the music at a concert and the artist is singing mm-hmm. and it has the N word or whatever else word in the song. The people aren't going to stop singing it. No, because they want them to sing it. Like, but then you point them out. It's like the 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 time where Kendrick Lamar brought that white girl up on stage. Yeah, and one of his songs had the N word in it, and, and he stopped it. And well, you can't say that. Well, no, she did say it. On but stage. he told her he stopped the music and said, "Listen." Yeah, that's my bad. I shouldn't have brought you up here because I knew what, what what was in the song. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But you can't expect her to. To be like, oh, bleep, bleep. When 90% of the time, it's either a cuss word or the N-word in the, after every sentence in a, in a rap song, in a in a movie, in a, you know what I mean? Well, so it's just like. And how much is that ticket? If you're close enough, where he's pulling you up on the stage? Bruh, like at least $600. $600. So $600 for that ticket. Now, either she gave up paying her rent for the month. Or she, her parents paid her, or she got a good, whatever the case may be. She just gave you and everybody around you six hundred dollars. Now those stadiums have what a couple thousand, three, five, ten thousand people in there. That's a lot of money that you then are going to tell this lady she can't say the words of the song that she bought access to. That's absurd. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know. So my my thing, my preference. Is to get it out of there. I don't care if you have it in textbooks where you actually have some kind of context behind it, right? But when you say it and it, it, you move such a negative word to a word of endearment, that's a problem to me. It's a problem to me. It's just like now where, and I'm going to say curse words, but this is not really who I am, <laughs> at least not on the mic. Um, when... I have a problem with women calling themselves bitches or allowing their fella to call them bitches. Oh, that's my bitch. That's this. Like, that should not be a part of who you are. I feel like we've lost a little bit of who we are over the years to make us more powerful. And I don't, I don't get that concept. You degrade yourself. In order to feel more powerful, to feel more uh, confident, I, I don't really get yeah. why you do it. But you if you pay for that, you owe it. They pay for that. Yeah. They pay for that. And not even just that. Like, yes, a lot of them should know it's wrong to do it. But if we as black people and as Mexican people, as Arabic people, as whoever you, feels like they're allowed to use that word and others aren't. If we casually do it and casually allow our friends to do it, why is it wrong when they sing it in a song? Why is it wrong when they casually say stuff? 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I know exactly. Why, what you why mean. do we expect? Why do we expect it to be wrong when others aren't? Like when we're not holding ourselves accountable and, and holding them accountable for saying it. Like, you know what I mean? But but then you then that. you push it a little further. Let's say you you got white friends and you allow them to say it around you. But then anybody outside your white friends, if they're white, they can't say it. Yeah. Like, now that is just stupid. Yeah. And I I think my real problem with it is, like, a lot of white people who do say it have those black friends that don't say anything to them when they do say it. So then they think it's okay. It's not that, like, they purposely, like, trying to be harm, harm anybody, like, doing anything. But if they're never told no... They're never going to know. You know what I mean? They're, they're never going to know, especially if they've grown up in a small area around only majority white people. If they, You know what I mean? If they've never had that person or a person say, yo, that's wrong. Like, you're not going to say it anymore from this day on. Like, it's wrong. But if nobody checks them on it, how are they supposed to be like, oh, shoot, that's wrong. I guess, like, you know, it really is wrong. When they hear it in their everyday music, it, it depends on, like, if their parents are who they are, like, if they hear it in movies, if they hear it here, they hear it all day long. Walking in a hallway at school, walking on campus, walking in a grocery store. You know what I mean? You hear it. So, like, if nobody says, oh, that's wrong, they're not, they're, they, how are they supposed to just know? Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a, that's a good question. I think, I think um, people today, especially younger people, I think they have more access to things that should if they put two and two together, oh, definitely. should say it, you shouldn't say it. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but but still, rights given. Yeah, is rights received. Exactly. And so if if I buy that music, I buy that movie. If my friends, both white and black, say it, and we say it in our, you know, and, and that black person ain't checking that that white person, it becomes okay. That black person that can't then get on social media. And challenge somebody else and say you're racist because of that. No, bro. No. What you are is stupid. What you are is 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 a shame and a sham. You should be checking your friends before you check somebody else. Yeah. If you feel that strongly about it, check your friends. And and you can't then go back three years and say, Man, I should have checked you three years ago, and then go back three years and call this lady or this person racist. Yeah. No, nah, bro. It doesn't and work like that. And to call a black person out for defending a white person when the white person was never in the wrong, or not even just not in the wrong, but like I don't really know, but like is not the person that they were that time period or whatever. I feel like is completely out of the question. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's beyond, like. Ignorant, you know what I mean? Like to to call somebody a racial slur because of of them trying to or already educated or whatever, like a person for what they said, and now trying to defend that person because, like, at this point, you're getting they're not even trying to educate people. You know what I mean? They do not try to educate people that they call out. They just call them out. Yeah. Like you can't educate someone, you can't not educate someone, but expect them to change. They're just they're just doing it to be harmful. Yeah, and to tell somebody on to use your social media to tell somebody to harm themselves or to like 
do whatever to to say harmful stuff is almost as bad as someone calling you out of your name. You know what I mean? Just well, it's worse than that because you've got a lot of fragile people out there that would take advice from people. I mean, you got fragile people out there, and that's just flat out disgusting. That anybody would do that. I don't care how old you are, yeah. and they they need to they need to pay the consequence for that. You know they do. But I've got tons of friends, and anybody that knows me knows that I I uh, I've never met a person that I didn't know. You know, and so or get to know or get to know. So I got a ton of friends: black, white, Asian, yeah. Hispanic. And I love my friends. I care about my friends. And I'm sure that my friends, in whatever setting, didn't do everything that everybody wanted them to do. Just like me. Just like every other black person and every other person. I don't hold them accountable for things that they did in the past. We talk about things. You know? And and our reality is that we're going to choose love over hate, over destruction, and over all that all the time. You know, uh, years ago, we, my wife and I and kids, the whole family were small, part of a small group. We had the, the greatest time in that small group. And uh, I was the only black person in the small group. And in that small group, I got the opportunity to have all these other beautiful families, great families, get to know who I was and my family was. And I didn't get treated any differently from one to the other. And we went on family vacations with a lot of these guys. I mean, we did a lot of things. We had a very close knit small group and I still, I'm still looking for that kind of small group today. Uh, And, and to all those guys, if you're listening, we love you. We still love you. We haven't forgotten about you, but, and we appreciate you allowing us to be a, a part of your family when we were a part of your family. And, and and we would love to continue that. But those are my friends. Those were people that I would protect it with my life. And with this movement going on and these hateful people just telling folks that I'm stepping in, I'm going to challenge you. I don't care what color you are. Yep. I'm going to challenge you. You don't know that person like I know that person. Maybe they could have done better back then, but you don't know them now. So unless you give them an opportunity for you to know them now, today we're going to shut that up. Yeah. We're working from today. You're going to shut that up. And the thing is, like, there could be people who are racist before this huge, like, all the protests and everything. Could have been so, like, just uneducated and, like, you know what I mean? And then today... They're like 180, you know, yeah. like completely different, like not the same kind of person. Just because through the the last couple months, they've educated themselves, they've grown, they've they've changed, they've took that time and took that went through that process of change to become the person they are today. Yeah, and they could be a massive ad- advocate that they weren't, and they yeah. would have, and you would have never known that. You know what I mean? And and we as black people need that, absolutely need that. Yeah. We need the comfort knowing that we can make change. We need the comfort knowing that we can be human. We need the comfort knowing that we can be safe. We need the comfort knowing that we can be genuine. We need the comfort knowing that we can love outside our race without any exception. And we need the comfort knowing 
that I can see my family again when I step outside of the house. Yeah. You know, that's that's what we need. And when people change the old school to a new school, a new way of thinking, then those realities for us become closer to 100 percent than than ever before. You know, I can go knock on my door, my neighbor's door or have my son or my daughter knock on my neighbor's door asking for flour instead of being met with a gun. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go and help someone out in the community who's been hurt instead of being met with a gun by folks knowing that all I'm here to do is to help. You know, I can answer my door at night. You know, <laughs> I can do all these things that currently Folks have died for because they're drive my car. Yeah. I can walk home from the grocery store. I can walk home from the gas station. I can walk out of the gas station. You know, my, my, it'll never happen to me because my son is, is living in today. It didn't happen to my father and his father. But my hope is that my, maybe my great grandkids, my great, 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 great grandkids, whenever, then one day that their fathers don't have to have a talk with them about what it's like to be a black, a young black man, a young black boy. We shouldn't when have you, to put alerts on our phone for when the police pull you over. Yeah. So that your loved ones know you got pulled over. That's right. So so that's my hope. That's my hope. So this is, I think we need to take a quick pause yeah. and say this has gone longer than most of our other podcasts. Yeah. Um, and it may, it may go a little long, so uh, just bear with us, but these conversations need a little, little more time. So I just wanted to let you guys know that before you get too deep and you're wondering why this is We're longer than the other. Right. Yeah. And so, and, but I hope it's interesting and I hope, I hope. Uh, and sorry uh, if we're all over the place. We just have lots of, thoughts going through our head we during our um daily morning walks we tend to jump around topic to topic all, we all the time so we it's do. kind of the same here but but with this i mean it's just a, a very passionate position yeah you know we've had some things and, and the the idea the conversation about um standing up for what's right giving people opportunities to change that kind of conversation piece is a real life experience that has happened. And this is why we want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, we, I cannot stand idly by, and this is a trait of mine. And, and I try to pass this along to my kids and do nothing when you can do something to help someone that's suffering. Something, even the smallest amount of something is more than nothing. That's right. And so, like, whether it's my neighbor needs a spoonful of sugar at 10 o'clock at night mm -hmm. or somebody's getting cyberbullied and nobody's stopping it or, you know, if, if the littlest thing, you saying something or you doing so, the smallest thing makes the biggest difference to a lot of people. And, and to piggyback on that, if you're going to defend something, if you're going to show why things should change, if you're going to be passionate about something, at least be knowledgeable about what your passion is. 
You can't just say things just to say it. You can't articulate somebody else's words just because you've heard it. You need to know for yourself because uh, if you're a real person, if you're a person that really cares about whatever movement you're supporting, you also need to be able to sleep at night, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be on social media saying all this stuff and then you find out later it's all crap, Yeah. right? You're fighting for something that wasn't real. Yeah. So you need to you need to educate yourself. And and uh, my kids will tell you, I know a lot about uh, a lot and a little about everything I know. Yeah. But I do research. He's in the most porkiest, like information person in the entire world. Like, you know, it's like the smallest detail about how many legs this thing has or what this person in the olden days said or where this statue came from. And you're like, you didn't even you've never been to that statue. How do you know that? Or you've never you've never even seen the animal before. How do you, why do you know that? It's a lot of history channel. Yeah. And discovery channel. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in this Savannah. I want to <laughs> run like an antelope. <laughs> you know. No, yeah. it's it's but it's important for me to be able to to talk about, you know, things. You know, we were talking about um the real Amazon and you know, yeah. women. And which I think is just absolutely fascinating in what we used to be called uh, benign, 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 yeah, something like that. Uh, and I get some of these things mixed mixed up, but those those ladies, they were they were beasts. Yeah. And and you will not tell me a lady can't do a girl can't do whatever she wants to do when she puts her mind to it. So we, it's it's really all about arming yourself with knowledge so that you can articulate whatever you articulate in the most, um, the best way you can that represents the issue the best way you can represent it. Yeah. So I know it's a little long, but I think it's important to, to really get these things across. So um, earlier, a little earlier, we were, talk, we were talking about these communities that have uh, black kids and Asian kids and maybe Indian kids in these communities, and they're predominantly white. And these black kids and, Indi- and Asian kids mostly are adopted by white families. Um, I have a position on that. Um, my position is probably not uh, a, a very well-liked position, but I think my position has been represented time and time and time and again. I don't think, I want to say this, I, I, it's not a bad thing that white people adopt out of their race. No, 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 no. But they do need to... If they are going to do that, they need to be, one, completely and utterly educated on what they're going to, what's going to come up in situations. And also they need to educate their child that they are not, they are not the same skin tone. Yeah. They have to raise them like they are a black child. They cannot raise them like they are, or an Asian child or whatever, or a Latina child. Like they have to raise them as the child that they are going to be seen out out in the real world. They're, they can't raise them as, oh, this is my baby. I'm going to protect them because you can't protect them with if they're uneducated. Well, you, you can't protect them, period. When they leave your home yeah. or they leave your side. Especially if they're side. uneducated. Like, you, it just won't work. But so, you can go ahead. Though. So I have friends that have adopted black kids or a um, friend who... Uh, their kid is biracial, but the the father or mother 
uh, isn't in the picture. So now you got two white, uh, a white couple raising a mixed kid. Mm-hmm. And then we also have friends that that have um, adopted Asian kids, you know, from different countries. So we'll just generalize. I know it's not the greatest thing to generalize, but we'll say Asian kids just for uh, references. Um, I've had conversations with most of those families about um, adopting those kids. Those kids get a better life, yeah. no doubt. For the most part, they get a better life. These folks love these kids unconditionally. They do everything parents should do who love their kids. These kids are their kids. Nobody should have a problem with these kids, these families raising these kids and loving these kids like they're like they bore these kids. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's about. And they do that. The only issue that I have is. When you take these kids and you take them to small town USA and they don't have anybody that represents them, that looks like them, that that anything in that small town and you expect them to thrive. Um, what I've seen is nothing but harm due to these folks based off of them not being able to go to somebody and say, why, why do I look different? Why are they teasing me because of my hair? Why are they teasing me because of my eyes? They're calling me this name and that name because that's what their parents have chosen to use. You know, they're doing all that. Who's going to protect them then? Who's going to be able to, to help them then? You know, I've, and, and I've literally, before it happened, I said to people, you're going to have some problems because when the N-word comes out, how is this kid going to be able to defend themselves? And, and one time, this is just one story, and I, I'll keep it quick. One story, this, this uh, biracial kid living in a small town had a kid uh, bullying him, calling him the N-word and all that stuff. And they went to the principal, went to the teacher, went to all these places, and the principal... Finally, they got to a fight. They were fighting. Next thing you know, they go to the principal. Principal wanted to suspend a biracial kid after the parents had been up there trying to tell, look, this is happening. And the principal told the parents, look, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but he should have never hit this other kid. So he's got to be suspended for fighting. Really? I mean, to, to call somebody such a blatant, derogatory, hurtful word is like hitting them. And then when I go to you and you do nothing, and all of a sudden this kid is defending himself, yeah. and you want to kick him out of school, who's going to protect that kid? Exactly. Now, in a more diverse community, you have better opportunities of folks understanding what's going on. You have processes and, and policies in place, already in place, that help you raise your kid in, in those kind of environments. Yep. And so if your kid has to protect themselves, yeah, there may be some small consequences, but he's not belittled or demeaned by another adult that's supposed to be there to, to help them, yeah. provide safety. 
And and when they get to a, a spot in life where they had to to look themselves in a mirror and say, this is who I am. And I don't look like this person or I don't, you know, I I have folks call me this or folks do this or folks do that. They get to that place. They just have harder times because they don't have proper representation. And so you have mental health issues, you have physical issues, you have drug issues, you have all those coping things that happen. You are. You are. Yeah. Because at every single turn, you don't have anybody helping you. Yeah. So imagine being that kid. Imagine being that kid. And then if that kid goes on to college, he's going to get it from the other people. Yep. Oh, you're acting white. You're acting this. You're acting that. Who? What? You know, he's getting it. So he's in no man's or she's in no man's land. For their entire life. For their, until they and, find out who they are and choose to educate themselves. Yeah. Choose to be able to advocate for themselves and defend themselves without having, without being the angry black man or the angry black woman who who literally grew up having to be that person because that's the only way they knew how to, def- to defend themselves. And how, how uncomfortable is it to say, hey, hey, Keegan, you're, you're, you're black and I'm black. Can you help me find my blackness? Yeah. Can you help me with this? I, I, and and you, you as a black person, you're like, man, get out of here. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Hey, what are you talking about? Look, I grew up. Having to explain your whole story oh to my gosh. multiple times until you find somebody that's willing to help you has to be the worst feeling in the world. Most oftentimes, people don't even, they don't do it, right? Yeah. They just get into an, in situations and they're like, I don't know what to do. And and you as a black person or maybe another Asian person that you're around, you're like, Man, what are you talking about? This is what you do. Really? And then you're like, huh. Yeah. What, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah. And, and what else? What else do you not know? Right. Right. And then there's a flip. Yeah. And that flip is one that could be really bad for the parents. Yeah. Or or just one of those. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you help me? You know, so um, long story short, this kid is now going to a uh, diverse place, uh, school. They move. They're moving him out of that small town. And putting them in a community where you got all different kind of races going to the school. Uh, so it's going to be a better environment for that kid. I just don't understand why folks would choose to have kids. And whether it's conscious or unconscious, do things that doesn't benefit positively them. benefit mm-hmm. them. That, that's, so that, that's my argument. Folks love people. I love everybody. I'm not saying that that love isn't there. I'm just saying from a safety perspective, you got to be able to protect them against some of these things. And uh, when you don't, it becomes difficult. Uh, Short term and long term. I agree. So, but. Any more thoughts, Daddy? Well, I think that's probably enough. Um, I, I will leave. I will leave by saying this. Um, for 400 years, black folks have had hope that one day equality will means 
will mean equality. One day that the Constitution that represents America will mean what the Constitution that represents America actually mean. Um, I see positivity today. Uh, I said earlier in, in podcasts that this generation can be the, the greatest generation ever if we can solve this, this problem. The greatest generation in our national history. Um, I know that there are a lot of people in a lot of small towns who are uh, violently doing things to folks because they uh, they don't want to represent what the Constitution wants us to represent. But I implore anybody who has any connection to anybody to that that matter, congressman, senator, councilman, woman, whoever, to just give them to just tell them that you support equality for all. Tell them that black folks' lives do matter. And it, it, you don't have to associate yourself with the Black Lives Matter movement, but associate yourself with the equality of people, period. There are laws on the on the on the docket now that protects everybody, but the laws aren't representing the things that they are supposed to be protecting. So we need to change things in order for things to be better for everybody. And so I implore you to at least give that a chance, give people a chance, give love a chance and show unity in just making America better. If you're from a small town, thank you for standing up. Well, for anywhere, anywhere, thank you for standing up. But those people that are getting uh, jacked up in those smaller towns, thank you even more for your courage, for your uh, ability to, to, to be brave, to, to weather the storm with people of color so that what we believe in and that constitutional right is is afforded to everybody and is civil right. And we can't put our hand over our heart and pledge allegiance to a flag if that flag doesn't represent everybody. We can't defend our country and our fatigues if those fatigues that that ride right under that flag doesn't protect everybody. Mm -hmm. We need to call each other brothers and sisters. But we don't need to just say it. We need to embody that because we generally and under God's eyes are brothers and sisters. So thank you for listening to us. Uh, thank you for being a part of who we are. Uh, please, please spread that love and that humanity to the folks that you come across. And for those who know us and for those who want to get to know us, uh, we love you, and we'll continue to shout love out to you um, and give you a little piece of us as often as we can through this uh, through this platform. Yeah. Um, I have one thing to say, and then we can be done. I read a tweet yesterday on the 4th of July because, you know, how everyone's like, how are we going to celebrate the 4th of July? Like, if not everybody was free at the time, everything. And then this black man tweeted and he goes, no, black, you're not understanding. Black people don't celebrate the 4th of July for 
um, any patriotic like way. We celebrate because we like food and we like fireworks. So I hope you know that when we celebrate, we celebrate for the food, the cookout, and the theme. Not because we're doing a patriotic like whatever. And then an, a man commented and he was like, yeah, because them fireworks be busting. Like, that's the best part of the 4th of July. When else can you pop fireworks on your street just to pop fireworks on your street? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it was. But Everybody stay tuned for me and dad's TikToks TikToks, because he be killing it on TikTok. Never. <laughs> Never. You know, fat people can't bend and, and do all that stuff. Whatever. You know, from, from the base of my neck to my butt is all one length. You know, <laughs> so that twerking don't work for me. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but you guys, you know, we always say, don't be perfect, be great, and we will talk to you next time. Peace. Bye. We'll